Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. As something's happening. Amen. So I'm not so much just going to teach today. I'm really going to preach and exhort and just break something open this morning. You know, some of the greatest things that we ever receive from the Lord isn't just by reading something. It's by catching something. Amen. We catch something from the Lord. Peter caught a revelation of who Jesus was, and he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? He caught something from the Lord. And I believe this morning that you're going to catch something. Amen? You know, we should come to church with our ball gloves on. <laughs> Everybody just put their ball glove up and say, I'm going to catch something from God today. Amen? Just catch something. Just one truth can change your life forever. It can change the destiny and trajectory of your life. Just one truth from the Lord. But I, I was so blessed watching the Jesus Revolution movie. And I know that many of you have gone and, and some of you are still going. I would say go. Everybody in this church needs to go. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And I remember back to the early 70s. I was about 15 years old. I was a snotty-nosed uh, well, not a snotty nose. You don't have to be snotty nosed if you're a teenager, but I probably was. Amen. <laughs> not talking about you, but I was that 15 year old around that time and uh, God was doing great things and what an incredible uh, revival that took place. They actually called it the greatest American revival ever. A lot of Christians don't know that. But in 1969 and 1970, through the hippie movement, they called them Jesus freaks. It started in San Francisco. And they were Jesus freaks. They all had long hair. Hey, man, they were all on drugs. But they were searching for something. And the movie brings that out so well. They were searching for truth. And we're living in the same day where, where everyone is, is looking for some kind of a truth. We, they actually call this the post-truth era. Where it's no longer, truth doesn't matter. But truth very much matters. Amen. And I love the story where, where uh, the man in, in, in Chuck Smith's church, he said, you know, if you're going to invite all those hippies into this church, they're going to mess up our carpet. <laughs> Amen. You know, if they're going to mess up the carpet, rip the carpet out and bring them in anyway. And so the beautiful scene next, there's a lineup of these dirty hippies, amen, probably hadn't bathed for a couple days, and uh, lined up in front of the church, coming to church, and here's Chuck Smith down on his knees with a basin of water, I'm sorry I'm taking the theme from you there, but a basin of water, and he's kneeling down there, and he's washing every hippie's feet as they come into the church. Do you know, you want to know the key to, to revival? The depth of the revival will be measured by the depth of the love that's present. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening at Ashbury. There's a selflessness in that church. And God's presence moves the greatest where there is a selflessness of the flesh. Amen? And the whole revival started, I believe, as Chuck Smith got on his knees and washed those Teenagers feet. Amen. This is a love revival. The Bible says that they will know us by our, for one another. As we begin to reach out in selfless acts of love for each other, we attract the presence of heaven. 
And the glory of God will visit a person or place that begins to exercise that kind of love. Amen? You know, Pastor Charlotte was sharing about how friendly this church is. This is a friendly church. Amen? And a good friend of ours, uh, Roxanne Loberg, was here uh, last week. And uh, we knew her way back when in Medicine Hat uh, at the Victory Church there. She was a drummer. Uh, about four years ago, she lost her husband. She's living in Vilna, but she came to visit. And so we took her around and showed her around a bit. But Sunday morning, we said, go to the church here and just see what God does. And so she got here. She had a hard time getting to her seat because of all the people that welcomed her. And Heather, I want to just pick you out as one that did and Ted as another that went out of your way to make sure she felt welcome in this church. Amen. The greatest act of this church is not the praise and worship. It's not the preaching. It's how people are welcomed from the door to their seat. More people will stay in the church by that alone than anything else. If you go to church and you don't experience love, then I, want, I question whether God is there. Because God is love. The greatest expression of God is love. Because he is love. Amen. So I want to just commend this church. Give yourselves a clap this morning. Amen. You are awesome. Keep loving people. Keep loving them. It doesn't matter what they smell like or look like or just get over and say, I'm so glad you came to church today. How many testimonies have we had of people that came to church and they said, this is the last place I'm going. And this afternoon, I'm going to kill myself. And because somebody reached out to them, they're alive today and loving Jesus and serving the Lord because somebody reached out to them. See, sometimes you think, well, I'm not the preacher. I, don't, I can't preach an anointed message. I can't jump up and down. I can't lead like melody. But what you can do is you can transform the world by just showing selfless love to somebody by saying, it's so good that you're here this morning. That's the greatness of this church. It's not what happens on this pulpit. Amen? It's what happens out there. Don't ever let anybody come into this church without feeling, feel, feeling welcome. I talked to somebody one time about going to a church in the city. They'd gone there for two years and nobody ever shook their hand once. I can hardly believe that. Two years. Nobody shook their hand. Amen? But... I think that's, a, that's the essence of revival. And we know that at Asbury, that's what they're doing. The guy that was preaching the day that the revival kind of broke out was talking about selfless love. And then they just kept talking, kept worshiping, and then God just showed up. And we know the rest of the story. Amen. So that's so awesome. You know, there's 31 other locations in the world recorded right now. You can go on your on Facebook or wherever, you can find them. Four, 31 at least places in the world where the Spirit of God is being poured out and the glory of God is manifesting in those places, amen? And one of them is Israel. Thousands of people are meeting, amen? Another one is Uganda. Places like that, God is coming in power in their places. And I believe that in almost every case, there's been sustained prayer and sustained acts of love, selfless acts of love for people. And God has showed up. Amen. Amen. And so that's where love comes from. Or that's where revival really comes from. And you know, revival is no longer a choice. It's the world's only hope. The times that we're moving into. There's no other hope, is there? You know, I thank God. And I'll say this again. I, I thank God for people like, like uh, Jordan Peterson right now. 
who's actually speaking up. Is anybody glad for that? I want to encourage you, pray for Jordan Peterson. Pray for his wife, Tammy. Pray for their daughter. Because they're a voice right now that God is using in the world. And kings and princes are listening to him. You know, I think the amazing thing about God using Jordan Peterson is when Jesus came, he went to fishermen and he went to tax collectors and he went to low-life people. But God in his mercy in this hour is using a man who is one of the most intellectual men in the world to reach the most intellectual people in the world and to bring them to Christ before he returns. Is anybody happy about that? Yeah. Amen. Yes. Thank God. And pray for him daily. And see what God will do uh, in this next while. You know, Re Le Leonard Ravenhill said this. He was a, a revivalist. He's since gone to be with the Lord. But he said, as long as we are content to live without revival, we will. Don't be satisfied just going to church. Get a part of the prayer meetings that are having. The Sunday night uh, praise times and whatnot. There's got to be something more than just the average to attract the presence of the God, of the Lord. Amen? That's so important in the hour that we're living. And so the church and the body of Christ is God's first line of defense in the world. This is it. There's a bunch of front lines right now in the Ukraine and Russia and all that's going on there. But the front line of what's going to happen in the world is right here. This is the front line. Amen? This isn't a time to be out of church. This is a time to be in church. This is not a time to be in a spectator. It's a time to be a participator. Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, and it was interesting. When Paul was smote off his horse on the road to Damascus, he was a killer of Christians, a murderer, a terrorist. And yet God chose him, knocked him off his horse, blinded him on the ground. And the first thing that came out of his mouth is, who are you, Lord? But the second thing that came out of his mouth was, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's Christianity 101. Yes. Amen. Know the Lord. What do you want me to do? Know the Lord. What do you want me to do? Know the Lord. What do you want me to do? Hallelujah. Have you noticed going to church is only as powerful as the things that you're willing to do? Willing to plug in, willing to get involved. Lord, what can I do in this body to help this church advance in this community? Amen. And that's so important. So when the Titanic sunk, remember that? The lights were on. The lights are on in the world. The glitter is there. And even the music was playing while it was sinking. It's a picture of the world. Glitter and lights and music. If you watched the Grammy Awards, anybody? Did you enjoy the music? One of the top songs was called Unholy. And it was a satanic worship song. Where they worshiped Satan openly. They don't call it Hollywood anymore. They call it Hellywood. Because that's where it's going. Amen. So be careful what movies you go watch. Amen. So the world is a sinking state. The government, financial, corruption. We know it. We know it all. It's great coffee talk at Tim's. But I'd rather talk about Jesus at Tim's anyway. Amen. But the world's failure has become the church's greatest opportunity. Wow, the world is finally failing to the point where people are crying out for God. It's got to get so bad that people will actually cry out to God in this last day. Amen? It's hard to watch. 
but it has to be that way. Amen? Galatians 5.20 says, where sin abounds, Galatians 5.20, where sin abounds, grace does what? Much more abound. As sin increases in the world, grace is increasing. And God is pouring his grace out. you got to read it in the Amplified. But where sin increased and abounded, grace, God's unmerited favor, has surpassed it and increased the more and superabounded. Woohoo! Amen? Oh, amen! Amen! You think those sinners are doing a good job? You watch the church! Amen? Because we've all been there. We've lived that way. Amen? We were those people, but we're not anymore. Amen? The moral, spiritual decline in our society has produced a great battlefield and war zone. It's produced that. Physically, we have a war going on in Europe. But I wonder if that's just not symbolic of what's happening in the spirit world. Amen? A war zone. It's also given us the church, the great mission field and harvest field that we've ever had before. If this has ever been a time to be a part of the harvest, it's now. Yes. Amen? But before the harvest can come in, revival has to come to the church. You know that word revival is not even a biblical word. We've made that word up. It, it sounds good, but really what it's talking about is an awakening, a renewal. Amen? It's like the church is being shaken and woken up. The sleeping lion has been woken up. And when the sleeping lion finally wakes up, look out world. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You know, you should get in front of your mirror every morning when you wake up and go, her. <laughs> yeah, some of you ladies, lionesses. Rrr. I remember one time I was sleeping and I was pacing my wife and she went, her. She was dreaming. I didn't want to ask her what she was dreaming about. <laughs> yeah, just try it. That's right. But you've got a lion inside of you. You sang that this morning. We've got a lion. We've got a lioness inside of us. The enemy has lied to us and reduced us to little sheep. Amen. Sin produced sheep, but we were lions before that. And Jesus has redeemed us from just being sheep to becoming lions in this hour. So this is what the prophet, I want to talk a little bit from Isaiah this morning. If you go to chapter 60 uh, of Isaiah, and I'm going to walk you through that. I just believe this is a picture for us of what Isaiah was saying. And now in the context, he was actually saying this obviously to Israel. So much of the Old Testament was speaking to Israel. But we are the spiritual Israel. Galatians says we are the spiritual Israel. Amen? The church. And everything in the Old Testament points to the New Testament. The Old Testament concealed is the New Testament revealed. Amen? And all the types and shadows of the Old Testament are really types and shadows of Jesus. Amen? So let's read it in that context. Um, Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. I love this. Arise and shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon who? Upon you. Amen. And behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you 
and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to you. Whose light? Your light. And the kings to the brightness of what? Your shining. Just turn to your neighbor and say, boy, you're bright today. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Holy smoke. Somebody look at the glow in this room. Woo. Lord Jesus. Verse 4. It says, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Verse 5, and then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to who? To you. Amen. Wow. Now, is there a lot in that or what? Now, I want to try to unpack it a little bit. I'm not going to really dig real deep on it. But I want to skim the tops, the verses, verse 1 there. It says that God's glory, it says that where it rises and shine for the light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So God's glory will descend upon us, the church. I want to encourage you this morning. Pastor Charlotte was mentioning going to a different level. You know, as I was going over this last week, as I was just looking at it, I believe the Holy Spirit just put a little thing in my heart and said, you know, look at the Lord's prayer, the prayer that he gave us to pray. Right at the end of it, it says, yours is what? The kingdom, first of all. Yours is the power, second of all. And yours is the glory, third of all. I wonder if God is moving us just from the kingdom to the power and is moving us to the next level of the glory. And I'm going to show you that he is in this last day. Amen? It's going to happen in this last day. Now, we know the kingdom speaks of John 3, 3. When, when you were born again, it says that your eyes are open and you see the kingdom. John 3, 5 says that when you're baptized in water and the spirit, it says you enter the workings of the kingdom or enter the kingdom of God. So to be born again, we see the kingdom. To be baptized in, in water and in the Holy Spirit, we enter the workings of the kingdom, the gifts of the Spirit, and all of those things. But there's another level that we don't talk about very much. Charlie Robinson talked about it a couple years ago when he was here for RevFest. But he talked about the third level is the level of the glory that we don't talk about very often. And I believe that's the next level that we are coming into. Amen? And it's going to transform the world. It's going to transform the world. It's one thing to be born again into the kingdom. It's another thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in water. But it's a whole other thing to start to understand and move in the glory that has risen upon you. Literally when you walk into a room, you change the atmosphere. When Peter walked down the street. Amen. When he walked down the street, they laid the dying and the dead and the, heat and the sick in the streets and just from his shadow. Amen. The glory presence of God. Do you know when you're in the glory, there's no work in it. It does all the work for you. Is anybody looking forward to that? You know, they're saying that right now in Asbury. 
the drug addicts are being instantly delivered from drugs. Amen. People that are, that, are, that are bipolar are being instantly healed from bipolar. What's doing that? The glory of God is in that place. And the glory of God is coming here as well. In the same way. It'll be hard to get in the door. In Brownsville, when they went, the Brownsville re, uh, revival there, people would come and they would get near to the door and they would fall on their knees as they got into the front door and crawl into the church. They're saying on the outside of Asbury, outside of the hall where it's happening there, when you just come into the town of Asbury, the presence of God is coming on people as they come into the town. 6,000 people and thousands are there. Grand Prairie has been prepped and prepared for this. Do you believe that? Grand Prairie is prepped for this. This is the next stage that we're going to. Amen. And anything can happen in the glory of God. Anything can happen. So God's glory, number one, will descend upon you, upon the church. God's glory is God's presence and person. Amen. The presence will increase as the day approaches. Expect a greater presence of the Lord and a deeper revelation of who he is. Paul cried out at the end of his life in Philippians. After he'd raised the dead, after he'd done so many things. And his request to the Lord was, Lord, I want to know you. Here's the deal. You think you know God? We've just scratched the surface. We just scratched the surface, that little dust there. We've just scratched the surface of our knowledge of knowing him. I dare you to pray tonight, Lord, I want to know you at a deeper level than I know you right now. Show me your glory like Moses said. Amen. Show me your glory. The one thing that Moses wanted to see was the glory and experience the glory of God. Not a new car, not a new house, but the glory of God. Amen. Let's say this together. Lord God, I desire with all my heart to experience you at a deeper level. I can only go higher if I first go deeper. So Father, I thank you today. I desire and I ask that I might see your glory, that I might carry your glory, that I would be an image bearer of you in this hour, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Get ready and see what God will do. Amen. Seek him like you've never sought him before. Amen. Get into the prayer meetings that are going on and the things that are happening. Amen. It's so important. Psalms 42, 1 and 2, as the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul pants for you, O Lord. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. God, give us that same hunger and that same thirst as the deer would have. Amen. Remember the magpies in our backyard when it was 42 below or above? Remember that this last summer? And it was so hot. And I remember the magpies going, <laughs> you know. So I started watering the magpies, of course, you know. Normally I shoot them, but don't tell the city that. Amen. 
God's glory will descend upon you. You know, a magpie broke my heart. I'd actually shot at it and I broke its wing. And I wish it would have just disappeared. But here I go out to my backyard one day and this goofy magpie is coming walking right up to me with its broken wing. That's all I'm going to say. Oh. God's teaching me something. God's glory will descend upon us. When you wake up in the morning after you roar in the mirror, go har. You just say, I think the glory, I believe the glory of God's resting upon me this morning. Amen. I just lost 30 pounds after I woke up. Amen. I tell you what, anything can happen in the glory. Anything can happen. Number two, darkness is coming upon unbelievers. Darkness is coming at the same time as the glory is coming upon us. Darkness is going to increase upon those who reject God. It says, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Darkness is coming upon the unbeliever. If there's ever been a time to warn your neighbor or tell your neighbor or encourage your neighbor to give their lives to Jesus, it's now. Amen. The same measure of the glory that comes upon the believer will be the equal measure, the same measure of darkness that is actually going to increase upon those that reject God. It will get darker and darker and darker. Amen. And that's hard to believe where that could go. You know, Joel 2.31 says, Behold the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. It's going to be great for believers, but it's going to be terrible for unbelievers. You know, in some cases, we'll be begging people to give their lives to the Lord. I don't know if you saw that clip of Jordan Peterson. Again, my gosh, weeping, telling people that you don't have to go to hell. Do you see that? Just watch that and don't cry. He's literally imploring and crying and weeping that people wouldn't reject God and go to hell. I thought, what better person than him to say that on social media? You know, it's interesting. In the story of Lazarus, when he went, when he, um, when he died, it says that he went to, uh, to um, Abraham's bosom. And while he was in Abraham's bosom, the rich man, and he didn't go to hell, hell because he was a rich man. He went because he rejected God. Yeah. Amen? True. The blessing of the Lord maketh one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. God's not against riches and blessings. He's just against it when we put them before him. Yeah. And so there he is in hell. And he never fed the poor man at the gate. The guy died of his wounds. The dogs were licking his wounds. And finally he died and there was an angel there that took him to heaven. But what was hell doing? What was the man in hell doing? Well, Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom before they went to heaven after Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood. They were calling out and begging Lazarus to go to their family. 
Get this this morning, and I've said this before in another message. But if nothing else motivates you, be motivated by this. Hell is screaming this morning for us to do something. Hell is crying out and wailing to us that are still on the earth. Please go to my relatives. Please go to my sons. Please go to my wife or my husband. Please. Tell them about Jesus. Don't let them come here. Think about that the next time when you're talking to your neighbor. It's not business as usual. You could be a nice person and not be born again. Mormons are nice people, but a lot of them aren't born again. So just being nice to your neighbor without sharing Christ can mean very little to them, even though it's a witness by being nice to them. But eventually the name of Jesus needs to come up. Amen. And I just want to welcome an evangelist here as I'm sharing that. We have Chris Lindbergh here and his wife Sherry and family from Deadwood, Alberta. God bless you guys. <laughs> and, uh, and Chris just got back not long ago from India. He was over there for a couple weeks preaching the gospel over India and then in Africa, Malawi before that. And, and God bless you guys. And your tent meeting is coming up the end of July as well. August 3rd to 6th. Thank you for those dates. Amen. Awesome. Out in Deadwood, Alberta, in the middle of nowhere. Hallelujah. Number three. The glory of God will be seen through you as a testimony for God. We see that in, in verse 2 there. At the end of verse 2, it says, And the Lord will arise upon, over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. Seen upon you. God wants to get to us so that He can get it through us, so that he, or in us, so that he can get it through us, amen, to the world around us. The glory of the Lord risen upon us. And we know the story in Matthew 17, 1 and 2. It talks about Jesus being transfigured when he went up on the mountain. It was a similar experience that Moses had. That he, he shone brighter than the sun. You couldn't look at him. So much so with Moses, they had to put a veil over his face. But there's Jesus with Elijah and Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he's so bright, it's brighter than the sun. And what do the disciples want to do? They want to make a house for them. They want to package this up and maybe sell it. Amen? And God rebuked him and said, you know, listen to my son. But Jesus was transformed. People are going to see how transformed your life is. People are watching right now how transformed your life is. You can say one thing and live another, and you're not fooling anybody. I'm not either. In fact, God is dealing with that right now. He's dealing with that right now. Rabbi Zacharias was a good example of a man who said all the right things, but in his private life, he was a sinful man that never dealt with his sin, his sexual perversions. And it destroyed him. It doesn't matter what you look like on Sunday morning with your suit on. It matters what you look like on Monday morning when you go to work. How do you treat your wife and how you treat your children? That's what God is measuring us by. Not how well we praise on Sunday morning. Or how well we dress. Amen. And that's very important. God is getting right to the quick of our lives. I know he's getting to the quick of mine. He's digging. 
Don't you hate the digging? He's getting in there. And he's dealing with our hearts. He said, I don't want you saying one thing and living another thing any longer. Amen. If you have to take duct tape and put it over your mouth, do that for a week and see what happens to your spiritual life. Amen. Just when you take it off, pull it slow. You know, I found even a better tape than duct tape. It's that gorilla tape. It's black and it don't come off. Amen. Man, you could fix anything with it. We won't go there. So God's glory will descend on you and be expressed, seen, delivered, and ministered to others through your life. You and I are the hope of the world. Colossians 1.27, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. He's there now. It doesn't matter how you feel. He's there. Amen. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. If you don't feel love, do actions of love. Sacrificially, and you will begin to have feelings of love. Amen. Do acts of love. Do things for others that you would never do. Glory in the Hebrew word means weightiness. We, used to, we call it the weight of his glory. When you get into the presence and the glory of God, you just feel this, whoa, whoa, that feels heavy. Amen. And it goes on to say, which is, um, it's honor, splendor, power, wealth, authority, magnificence, fame, dignity, riches, and excellency. Wow. Are all found in the glory of God. Number four, you will be a witness. Verse three, the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Hallelujah. The kings will come to the brightness of your rising. The Gentiles will come. Amen. This is powerful. It's just like a light. You know, in Mexico, we got this outside light and the bugs just come to that light like crazy. Just cover the light. Amen. And, and, and they would fish there in, in, in Lake Victoria and they'd take lights at night and they would put the lights just over the water. And all those little minnows would come by the thousands and thousands and they would just scoop them out of the water. Light attracts. Amen. People are going to start coming to the light. And the greatest day of souls coming to Christ is just ahead of us. The great harvest. Amen. And as we walk and live in revival, harvest is the result. Harvest is the result of the church being revived. People are going to start to notice the presence of God on your life like never before in this coming day. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to share and pray with people? You know, one of our greatest enemies is not the devil. It's ourselves. We need to stop looking at ourselves so much and tearing ourselves up and beating ourselves up. We need to start looking at him and we need to start accepting our righteousness in him. We need to start saying, God, I need you. You're changing my heart. I'm not perfect and there's none of us in here that are perfect. We think, well, how can I share the Lord with somebody? Look at my life. Look at Peter's life. Look at Paul's life. Look at Abraham's life. Look at David's life. Look at Solomon's life. All of them had challenges. Yeah. 
but God used them mightily. Amen? It's powerful, and God can use us in the same way. So we will be witnesses, witnesses. Jesus said in Matthew 4:19, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Simple, it's not rocket science. Number five, God's glory on you will, be, will, will result and bring revelation. Revelation, and we see that uh, as well. It says here that it's going to, in verse three, the Gentiles shall come to the light of your brightness and rising. Uh, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, verse four, they come to you. It says that lift up your eyes all around and see. So God's glory is gonna bring a revelation, a deeper revelation. Open visions, Joel 2, 28 and nine, it says that we will have dreams and visions. Dreams and visions. I remember a few nights, uh, some while ago, Lou Engel was talking and teaching about dreams and visions. And so I went to bed that night, I said, Lord, I need a dream. I haven't had a dream for a long time. Well, my gosh, I had a dream that night. <laughs> Amen? I won't share it with you, but I believe that it's a destiny dream. A destiny dream. It was just the dream I needed. I dare you tonight to ask God to give you a dream and a vision by the Spirit and see what He will do. Amen? To confirm the direction that you're going. That's so important. So Isaiah 16 verse 4, lift up your eyes all around and see, see, know the planner, know the plan, know the planner, know the plan. And number six, your loved ones will come from afar. Verse four, listen, lift up your eyes all around, your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Amen. Does anybody have any grandchildren that need to come to the Lord? Amen. So many of us have daughters and sons and granddaughters that don't know the Lord yet. Amen. And it makes a promise here. It says that your sons and daughters will come. All that gather themselves together, they will come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Amen. Malachi 4.6 talks about fathers and sons. Amen. And I will turn the heart of the father to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers in this last day. Restoration of the family is coming. Does anybody need some restoration of the family? You know, I have a theory. I think every family is dysfunctional. Now, don't look at your wife right now or your husband. But I'll just share a little secret with you. Every family has some dysfunction in it. We all need God. But in this last day, when the glory was restored to the church and upon the church, families are going to come together like glue. Families are going to come together like glue, like we've never seen before. Amen. Do you believe that for your sons and daughters? Do some of you still have sons and daughters out there that don't know the Lord? Amen. They're coming in. And it doesn't matter how bad they are right now, they're coming in. Amen. And we need to continue to believe that. Write down Acts 16, 31. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. We shall be saved. No, that's from Joshua. <laughs> Acts 16, 31. What, should I, what must you do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household. 
You and your household shall be saved. We need household salvations. And that's coming. And number seven, this is, we left the best one for last. Ah, not really. But it says the wealth of the Gentiles will come into you. The wealth of the Gentiles will come into you. Amen. In the last days. Then you shall see verse five and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. Wow. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come in to you. And the picture of that is when the children of Israel left Egypt, they took all the gold and silver that they could get from Egypt, as much as they could carry. You know what it was? It was their wages for the past 400 years. They worked for nothing. And God doesn't like that when you work for nothing for somebody. And he gave all the wages that they had lost over the last 400, it was about 430 years that they were in Egypt. But part of that was in Goshen. That wasn't a hard time. But God repaid them everything that was stolen from them. Does anybody want God to repay you everything that's been stolen from you? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Amen. And there's not going to be any greed or covetousness or comparisons with this. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in an incredible way, just like it did with the children of Israel. Wealth will be turned over. Wealth will be turned over. Wealth will come in. Multi-millionaires will get saved and come to the church and wonder, what am I going to do with all this money? Hello. <laughs> Amen. And that's why the church needs a bigger vision. Amen. It needs a church planting vision. And with millions of dollars, we can plant churches all over the world, starting right in Canada. Amen. And we've been moving all around. We've been up to uh, Hay River recently uh, with Bill and Barb. Just had a great time up there. We're ministering in Betchico, which is about four hours north of, of Hay River there, about 11 hours from here. Had a great time there in Betchico, Hay River, Haines Junction, wherever we have victory churches all over the north. Next week, we're in Lac La Biche. We have Pastor Craig and Lauren Davis are going to be. They're going to be a prophetic conference in Lac La Biche next week if you need a place to go to church. Just leave your tithe here, though. <laughs> Amen. We're going to have a great time. But we've been doing a lot of traveling and a lot of moving around. That's why you don't see us very much. But we really appreciate your prayers for us. Amen. We come up against a lot of stuff. And... Uh, and we're, but we're having a good time, and, I, and there's even some great things that are coming up here in the next little while. And, and really be covering our, our smaller churches still. Uh, Tanner and Margaret were here from, from La Crete for the worship uh, seminar this weekend. And they brought Esther with, her, with them, and, and they're just having a great time out there. And the church is growing. They were up over 70 people one Sunday. They've shrunk to about 50, and now they're growing again. And that's the way it is with the church. Amen. This church went up to about, I don't know, 40 or 50, and then we lost everybody. So we started over again. Amen. And you just keep going. You don't stop. You plod. The wealth of the Gentiles is coming in to the church. Is anybody ready for that? I want to read you a prophecy that was actually... Um, you're going to really... This is really interesting. When I went looking... February 9th, 1997. And I preached a similar message to this one on February the 26th or 23rd of 1997. That's exactly 26 years to the exact day, the Sunday, the fourth Sunday of February that I'm sharing with, this, with, with you. 
Now, I haven't shared this prophecy, but I want you to listen to this in accordance to what I've just shared with you. Guy's name was John Lewis, 1997. Does anybody remember that? Was anybody a part of the church in 1997? You guys were. Amen. There's a couple. And he said this on February the 9th, 1997, for the Spirit of the Lord, God would say to you this day, even my people in this place, he was speaking, know this, that I have called you forth and I've called you out. I've placed my hands upon your lives and I've chosen you even for this day. I knew you even before the day and I called you out and brought you forth even to proclaim my name in this day. For behold, I'm preparing my people. Yes, I'm preparing my people even to walk forth and tireless in my power, even my glory. Now, notice the word glory as he speaks on. Know this, that you're in preparation stage, that you're being trained. Oh yes, you're being trained. Even though it may seem hard sometimes, even on your flesh, even though sometimes you don't want to submit to the Lord, would say to you that, this day to submit, to yield your members, and know that the day ahead is a day of glory, a day of power, and you shall surely say that the sufferings that you've gone through, the time that you've waited, the time that you did not understand, it was nothing to be compared with the glory that's being revealed. For I, the Lord God, am about to birth forth myself. I'm about to bring forth myself even out of the pe a people, those that would wait upon me, those that would call upon my name, those that would seek my face with their whole heart. I planted myself on the inside. Christ is being formed on the inside of you. I'm developing myself and soon I will begin to birth forth and I shall come forward as a strong man to come forth even to bring mighty revival mighty awakening throughout these northern parts for it shall be ablaze it shall be a fire that shall go forth i the lord god will fan that fire and it shall consume it shall be even all consuming fire of my presence that shall break down bondages pull down strongholds and those that have been bound even all their lives they shall find immediate deliverance immediate deliverance is coming immediate deliverance how many of us have cried and said, Lord, how long? In the psych ward on the fifth floor with somebody with bipolar. Lord, how long? Instant deliverance. Can you believe God for that? When the glory of God, it's going to change this church, guys. Get ready for it. It's going to change this place. Things are going to be done like they've never been done before. But there has to have been a preparation. Pastor Charlotte has been preparing you. I prepared you for 23 years for what's coming. We're getting ready for something that's going to be so glorious. We have heard over and over again in, in, in prophecies that God has something in the north. Amen. God has something in the north that is going to touch this nation and the nations of the world. Do you believe it? If not here, where? If not now, when? If not us, who? Yeah. Amen. We always think, well, it's good for Asbury. Yeah, it's good for Asbury. What about Grand Prairie? Yeah. God, we need you here. We want the glory of the Lord in this place. Like never before. Find immediate deliverances. I, the Lord God, will begin to shake even those northern parts by the power of my spirit. When we were in Betchico, 
a couple weeks ago, you just sat there and you could feel the darkness, the deep darkness that was there and the missionaries just completely sick and beaten up and that's got to stop. That's got to stop. That's got to stop. Amen. It's got to stop. God is going to move in those places. Amen. He says, I, the Lord, will begin to shake even the northern parts by my power of my spirit. And I, the Lord God, will raise up ministry even from this area and send them and disperse them even to the nations to go forth and proclaim my name to bring forth the people unto me. Amen. Thank you, uh, Evangelist Chris, for the work that you're doing. But I believe there's a lot of others here today that have callings on their lives. And you've chosen careers over your calling. And God wants you to answer your call. Amen. God wants you to answer your call. Know this day that you are being prepared. You are being trained for the days ahead. For the days ahead are great. Behold the great day of the Lord. Behold the great day of the Lord. You are sons of, and daughters of light. You are sons and daughters of light. And you're not children of darkness. So it is not a terrible day for you, but it will be a great day because I have called you out of the darkness to walk in my marvelous light. Therefore, look not back. Don't be like Lot's wife and look back to all that you once had. It's all garbage. It's garbage in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Don't look back. Do not be allowed, allow yourself to be drawn aside even for a moment, but keep your eyes upon me and seek my face. Turn to me with your whole hearts, even in fasting and seeking me, and you shall begin to see again my glory explode. That's the end result. I shall come forth within your being as a mighty man of war. I shall come forth uh, out of your being as a strong one. You shall see your families changed and turned around. I shall destroy religion as you know it. I will tear down tradition and cultural barriers. I will break the curses. I will break the yokes. Even as my people are called out unto me. For this is the hour. This is the day that I'm coming forth with great power and with great glory. Therefore, prepare your hearts, call upon me, for you are the generation that shall come forth to seek the face of the Almighty God. Therefore, lift up your heads, O ye gates, even let them be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory. The King of who? Glory. The King of glory. The King of glory. He wants to come in. O King of glory will come in, it says. In this last day, and I'll finish with this. Haggai 2, 6 and 9. For thus says the Lord of hosts. Once more, it is a little while. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. The sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and they shall come Amen. And they shall come, the desire of all nations, and he will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The desire of all nations is coming to fill this place with his glory. Do you realize in Kenya right now, we lived there for a while, the Rift Valley is just broke open. There's a gap that you can't even jump across for miles 
where the Rift Valley is opening up, and actually Africa could be split, and it will become two continents. Water will run between them. Did you hear that earthquakes were going to happen in this last day? They are happening. Amen? It's happening right now. The second verse that I have is Habakkuk 2.14. It says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the what? The knowledge of the what? The glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Wow! How does the water cover the sea? Reinhard Bonnke, you guys, remember I told you this. Completely! There's no place under the ocean that's not wet. And there'll be no place under this, in this earth that won't be touched with the glory of the Lord that's coming in this last day. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! It's going to happen. Amen. And we're in preparation for that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Romans chapter 8 and verse 30. You know, I didn't give you actually verse 9 of Habakkuk 2 there, but verse 9 says that the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former. The glory of the latter temple. Who is the temple of God? It will be greater. We are the temple, the church. We are the temple. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former. In that context, it was speaking of the temple in Jerusalem. But it's actually speaking of us, prophetically. It'll be greater. Everybody say greater. 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 And the last verse I want to give you is Romans 8.30 in the Passion Translation. Thank you for the Bible, by the way. For Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a great gift. I've used it a lot. Romans 8.30, having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who pro, uh, possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. He co-glorified with his son. Amen? You and I have been called before time. How long, when, is, when was there no time? Really before the sun and moon were put in the orbits. Because time only began when sun and moon were there. We had day and night. But before day and night, God already had our destinies in place. God already had our destinies in place. Before the sun and moon, he knew what we were going to do. And we're coming into a time where God's glory is going to rest upon that gift that he's brought to the earth. You and I were born for such a time as this. It was not a mistake. You are here because he put you here. Every breath is a gift from him. If he took the air out all of a sudden, none of us would live. Our breath is a gift from God. Use it to glorify him. In this hour. Amen. 
Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at VictoryChurchGP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.VictoryGP.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.